Together, Yogi, it's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camp if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Tom, and I'm here with my good friend Jay, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode number 14 of the Scare Your Pants Off Our American Road Trip. On today's episode, we've set up camp in Mississippi. So how are you doing today, Shay? I'm really good. This this state, Mississippi, is so much fun. This is, this was so much fun to research. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah, it was fun. A wild, wild state. So what's new? You watch anything good recently? Okay, so it's funny. So I watched a movie the other day with Blue, who does our uh, intro voice, and it's hard to believe, believe it or not, that that deep voice is my son. Um, but we watched a movie that has Joaquin Phoenix in it, and I will I will try anything with Joaquin Phoenix, and excited. He's incredible. He's just okay. fantastic. And this one is called Bo is Afraid. Have you seen it? Have you heard of it? So I really want to see it. I've heard really, really good things about it. Um, and I love Joaquin as well. So is, is it any good? So, okay. A, a couple of things. I'm not going to give a lot of spoilers because it's it's newer and I'm not, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for people if they're going to see it. But I want to, I want to say one thing that I didn't realize because I didn't look at the time and I don't generally look at time for movies, but this movie is a minute shy of three hours long. Wow. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. No, it's very artsy, I guess, kind of, which Joaquin Phoenix does have a tendency to pick films that aren't in it. One of the things I love about him. Yeah. After watching this movie initially, I honestly I didn't know how I felt about it. It was a little mixed. It was it was maybe a little longer than it needed to be to kind of get the point across, but it was beautifully done and as always beautifully acted by Joaquin Phoenix. But it's I feel like it's very symbolic. So basically, his mother is is abusive to him and always has been and i believe if my perception is correct that this is just a journey through him coping it's a journey through probably his ptsd his anxiety his his everything and i and i really genuinely think it's it's a it's a artistic view of mental illness and and I really think it was beautifully done. And the further I get away from seeing it, the the longer it's been, the more I'm finding myself thinking about like, oh, wow, actually this was really well done. Like drowning was a big thing in it. And um, like just the water being so dark and murky. And, and it was, it, I feel like it was a little long, but I feel like it was worth a shot. I did watch it with Blue. I'm not 100% sure he shares my opinions on it, but. I think if you watch it, I think you'll like it. And 
I, I think it was very interesting. That so I'm I'm really excited now. I I, I was before, but I'll also keep in mind the three hours. So put it on when I have time, and because uh, yeah, I mean nowadays it's rare that a movie's two hours. Back when I was a kid, I remember like almost every movie was standard like two hours, and then yeah. oh, it, it gradually through the '90s and the early aughts, it was it worked its way down to like. 90 minutes as kind of standard and um so three hours is long now really long so yeah. uh, but uh oh i'm very excited because i've heard really i've read really good things about it heard really good things about it and now hearing your take i'm definitely probably watch it probably watch it tomorrow night something just to check it out do you know what what streamer it's on or i believe it's on apple oh apple. no no it's not hold on no, it's not on Apple. I lied. Give me a second. I'm going to look. Oh, okay. It's it's for rent on uh, Prime, Voodoo, okay. um, Google, YouTube. It's a, it's avail- It's still in the rent phase, but it's okay. it's so worth it though, honestly. It it's a, it was a it, it was interesting. It really was. Oh, definitely. Uh no, I'm definitely definitely intrigued. Um so I watched one and a movie and it was it just fun just a fun fun movie i suggest you watch it um i think you'll like it the outlaws with pierce brosnan ellen barkin adam devine and nina dobrev um just fun like like there was a few points where i actually paused it because i was laughing so hard and i didn't want to miss any of the dialogue or the thing and that's rare for me because usually and i know me and eric your fiance have talked about this it's it's hard to have an actual movie or tv show where i don't have my phone in my hand at the same time and this was one where i started with it in my phone in my hand then i was like oh i gotta rewind this and then all of a sudden i didn't pick up the phone for the whole hour and a half hour and 40 minutes whatever it was um just you know, nothing groundbreaking, nothing that, you know, you're going to be like, oh, that was so profound, but you'll have fun watching it. I've actually seen trailers for it, and it is, it is absolutely on my, like, I have to watch it list, because it, <laughs> it looks very funny, so I'm excited that you like it. Pierce Brosnan's great in it, by the way, too. He is so good. It's, uh... Yeah, that's a, uh, definitely one to check out. Oh, all right. Well, unless we want to talk about anything else, I believe you have a cryptid. Time for the cryptid. I do, and I'm very excited to talk about this cryptid. And I just literally lost my note. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I'm very excited about the talk to talk about the scripted because um, I've done this before. Surprise! Um, I picked a state that if by the time we got to this state, if you picked the state for the haunting, I was going to talk about one very specific cryptid that is very very well known by everybody. So, have you heard of uh, the Chitawa? monster i think i'm saying that right but i'm not 100 percent sure have you heard of that no i have not have you heard of its more well-known name bigfoot aha there we go okay all right so i'm gonna call it bigfoot because i know i'm saying that right so (laughs) 
the Chitawa monster is a name given by specific Northwest indigenous peoples to the Sasquatch or the Bigfoot, just so everybody knows. Um, one really cool bit of lore, and this is why I wanted it to be Mississippi, because this is where this lore originates, is it's believed that a circus train derailed and almost everything on board perished. So it's believed that the cars were filled, chalk filled with different strange creatures that would attract people to the circus. Um, now, it's believed that there was one survivor and not only did this creature survive, but it escaped. And they even sent search parties to find this creature but they never were able to find it. And there are sightings of this creature up to this day. So, um, the Bigfoot has many, many names. Uh, you can call it the Yeti, the Sasquatch, the Abominable Snowman, the Bumble if you like Christmas movies, Yowie, Skunk Ape, Grassman, Almas in, Mo in Mongolia, you have Swamp Ape. I could literally go on forever. Now, Depending on, depending on the description, the Bigfoot is anywhere between 7 and 19 feet tall, depending on who you're talking to and who you're getting the opinions from. But just like us, we vary in size and shape and height and weight and all that other stuff. So, very possible. Um, now, the Bigfoot tend to... Is it big feet? If we're talking about more than one Bigfoot, is it big feet? It's so funny you say this because I had this thought pop in my my brain just a few days ago. I had the same thought. Would it be Bigfoots with an S or Big Feet? Okay, well, I'm going to say Bigfoots because I, I feel like, I don't know, it just feels, I guess that feels right. So I'm going to call it Bigfoots, the Bigfoots. Um, and if I'm wrong, please let me know. Uh, now, Bigfoots tend to follow some very similar patterns no matter what the region is. Um, you will, people are said to hear loud howls, growls. Um, they're hear banging on trees, sounding like either being done with a rock or a large stick. Um, they throw large rocks. They throw large logs. And they're extremely fast in their stride when they run when they run, which is why if they are caught on camera, it's evidently not a human because their stride is enormous. Now, one of my favorite things about Bigfoots is, yeah, it sounds weird. I don't know. I don't know if I like it. Big feet. <laughs> one of my favorite things about them is it the fact be, that- It could be similar to like deer, where deer is plural as well. So maybe it's just Bigfoot, you know, and there is no S. I do like that, actually. Okay. All right. I think I'm going to try that. Let's see how it feels. Now, one thing that I like the most about Bigfoot, I like it. I like how it feels, um, is that they're thought to be interdimensional. I love that. I love the thought that they are coming in and out of a different time and a different place whenever, you know, whenever they feel like it. I love that theory. Um, another theory that I love is that it's believed that they can dematerialize and materialize at will and that they are actually thought to be our guardians and they protect us and they watch over us and i love that too so i love bigfoot and 
if you see my room in my house, I have Bigfoot all over the place. Uh, I would have more Wendigo. There's really not a lot of Wendigo stuff. And if you look at these little guys, I have, I'm showing oh. now and I'll put a picture on Facebook. I have my little Yeti and my little Sasquatch. But um, thank you. I'm going to post something on the Facebook page so everyone can see what I look at while I'm recording. And um, yeah, I, but that's all I have for the Bigfoot. Oh, so I love it. I'm so we're uh, so there this is episode 14 and we did like 25 so almost 40 episodes of the paranormal stuff not counting you know season two uh before we got to bigfoot so i am so glad that we finally got around to bigfoot great great choice um because it is it's the big one, really, when it comes down to it. That's the one that even the general public knows of. People that have no interest in, you know, cryptids or paranormal, but they still know of the Bigfoot and Bigfoot sightings. So, awesome choice. I never had heard, and I, so I found it very interesting, up to 19 feet tall. Could you imagine coming across a Bigfoot that's only damn near 20 feet tall? Yep. That's... I, I've only seen that tall like a couple times. Usually the cap is like 15, but yeah. I've only seen 19, but I have seen it a couple times. So, yeah, that, yeah, I, I, I'm not, st if I see a 19 foot tall Bigfoot Yeti, whatever, Chattawa monster, I'm going the other way. I, uh, yeah, because that's, that's terrifying. And I'm so glad you touched on the interdimensional because ever since, God, going back to the, the little sh kind of show that I did with Roy prior to this that you were, uh, you were part of, um, ever since we discussed uh, the Skinwalker Ranch going back and then we talked about it on our show and everything, I have just really love the idea of these these beings sort of being interdimensional and that's why we see them sometimes and not other times because they're not it, it just explains a lot and uh and i've become very interested in just the idea of different dimensions where if you would ask me 10 years ago i just had no interest in that type of stuff i just didn't but it's it makes more and more sense to me like at the skinwalker ranch and stuff so i really loved um that you touched on it and i really like the idea because i had never heard of it that they're actually guardians for us i've never heard that but i thought that was really interesting that's uh so you had said that if you see a, a 20 foot 19 or 20 foot Bigfoot in the woods that you would run the other way. And I will be completely honest with you. I don't know that I can say the same because again, we're, I'm at least mildly sure that if I'm going to die via cryptid, it's going to be because I got a little too close because I want to, I want to pet it and say hi because I'm sick, but it's fine. Well, you, you also are the one that wants to befriend a Wendigo. <laughs> so, and, and and I think that's pretty dicey as well. Like, I, I know there is claims that you can befriend one, but I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm going to try. Uh, but, yeah, great choice. I loved it. It was, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we finally, we finally got around to Bigfoot. It was, uh, that was, that was great.
All right. Um, did we want to talk anything else on the Bigfoot before I jump into our haunt? I don't believe so. Time for the haunt. All right. So this one's... I'm good. All right. So I have the haunting. And Mississippi has a lot of great hauntings, as you expect. You know, prisons, asylums, bridge, roads, hotels, you know, all your standards. But I went with the cemetery this time. And this is this is kind of wild, even just because its existence is debated. Have you heard of the Garden of Hope Cemetery in Gautier, Mississippi? So... I actually have heard of that one. I don't know a ton about it. The one thing I do know is that it's absolutely on my bucket list list of cemeteries that I want to visit. Me too now. After researching, I hadn't known anything really about it. But so it it's very haunted. It's uh, listed in most lists. It's always in the top 10 of most haunted uh, cemeteries in the United States. But as I'm researching this, and even though it's clearly in a lot of lists, its existence is actually debated. For and I, I, I did a little. I did some research to try to figure out why it was, it, how it can be in all these lists in the top ten most haunted that people have been to this, and then other people are saying it doesn't exist. So here's what I found before I actually get into the paranormal stuff is that part of the reason going back for a while is that it was never actually named the Garden of Hope Cemetery. And that was maybe a name that locals, you know, back, you know, decades and decades, and you know, uh, ago had, had referred to it, even though it wasn't its official name. And people have claimed, including the mayor of Gautier, that Garner Hope doesn't exist, but that it possibly could be uh, the historic Gautier Cemetery or the Franklin Cemetery, which are both there. So that's part of it, is that some, that uh, I think part of the confusion is that its official name is one of those two, Franklin or historic Gautier, but people called it Garner Hope. Um, and if anybody out there has any info on this, please, uh, you know, send us an email, reach out, leave a message on our videos or whatever, and let us know anything that you find. But a second part of it, because it's been more recent, I've been seeing like these Reddit threads and all this stuff on people claiming it doesn't exist. And from what I can find on the more recent controversy, it comes down to one or two people when they're researching the Garden of Hope Cemetery they put in Gautier M-I as the initials for Mississippi. But M-I is not Mississippi. M-I is Michigan. So this person or persons went, looked for it, and seeing it doesn't exist, then they created like this Reddit thread asking people, and it just, you know how the internet works, you know, it's like the worst game of telephone ever. It just kept building and building until somebody finally was like, hey, dude, it's MI is Michigan, not Mississippi. Mississippi is MS. So, yeah. um, so that's just a little bit of what I found, but it definitely does exist. So call it the Garden of Hope, the historic Gautier, or the Franklin Cemetery, whatever you will. All right. 
now that that's out of the way, get into the fun stuff. So, Garden of Hope Cemetery is named as one of the top 10 most haunted cemeteries in the U.S. on most lists. Located in Gautier, Mississippi, it has more than its fair share of unusual and paranormal stories that go with the graves. There is said to be several spirits connected to this cemetery which have contributed to its reputation. I'm going to start with the more specific haunts before talking about some of the, the more general sightings. As it is a cemetery, so there's lots of stuff happening here. The most famous haunting or haunt deals with a man named Hal that was an employee at the Ingalls Shipbuilding Company in the late 1970s. His wife Susan and his five kids were meeting him at a motel in Gautier. The plan was for the family to use the bonus check he was uh, just about to receive from Ingalls Shipbuilding and put a down payment on their dream home. Only problem was, instead of the fat bonus check he was supposed to get, he was laid off instead. The legend claims that he was so distraught by the news, he had a breakdown and lost his mind. He would then proceed to kill his wife and all five children with an axe as they slept in the motel room. He then walked into traffic, swing, swinging the axe wildly, screaming like a madman, and was struck and killed by a truck. So now, people have claimed to see ghostly children playing among the gravestones, as well as hearing children's laughter, giggling, and even sometimes screams. People have also claimed to see and hear Cheryl Ann, his supposedly favorite daughter, wandering the gravestones, sometimes with flowers in, his, in her hand. People have also claimed to see the father crawl out of his grave, zombie style, and steal flowers from other head, headstones, then either bring them to Cheryl Ann's grave or his own grave and go back down into the grave with the flowers. It is said Cheryl Ann, the favorite daughter, appears wearing a blue 1960s style dress and is about 10 to 12 years old. She is said to walk up to visitors and introduce herself and ask if the visitors are here to see someone special. She is said then to follow you around and will help you find a specific graves. Sometimes even holding your hand or carrying the flowers for you, and then she'll place them on the grave for you before saying, hope y'all come back and see me soon, and then disappearing. She has supposedly been photographed many, many times, appearing as solid or real as any human in any of these photos. Many visitors have claimed to see another restless spirit of a woman. Known as Sarah, or Bloody Sarah, uh, she is the ghost of a middle-aged woman. She has bright red hair and wears a house coat covered in blood and fluffy white slippers. 
Supposedly, she runs out into the road when she sees or hears an oncoming car. Often, the startled driver think they have hit someone, so they'll stop and get out and look. This is when she starts to laugh maniacally before disappearing into the ether. Others have claimed there is a werewolf buried here in a coffin that is both chained and cemented. It is said you can hear him howl on nights when the moon is full and you can hear muffled cries for help on non-full moon nights outside of this grave. And then next we have Gus, the ghost of a former grave digger that still tries to help inter the dead. Very often seen by former co-workers and friends from town, he always appears with a smile on his face and dirty hands and knees. Many have claimed he also haunts the road outside the cemetery. He supposedly likes to hitchhike in the early evening hours. When he gets into a car or truck that stops, he says to the driver and passengers, you know, this is where I died, then disappears. And the final aberration I'll discuss in detail is that of a young woman named Joanna. She is said to be a very unhappy, horrid spirit that haunts the cemetery at night. The legend states that one night, Joanna followed her husband as he went out supposedly with friends, only he wasn't with friends. Rather, Joanna caught him with another woman. Distraught due to the, this affair, she supposedly killed her husband and his lover. Then she shot herself in the head just inside the cemetery gates. Many have claimed to have been chased and or even hit by her restless spirit. And people say the hits that they, when they get hit by her, feel quite solid and real. Um, so just some of the general sightings now, not much left here are, you know, people have kind of seen shadow figures, they've heard screams, cries, muffled voices, laughter, muffled crying, disembodied voices, streaks of light, orbs, and something called the Cemetery Red Ghost Light. And this red ghost light is said to hover above the tombs, then it flies high into the sky before diving down and chasing you from the cemetery if you dare enter at night. And that is the Garden of Hope Cemetery. So, I have a couple things. I I love Gus. Gus, I think painted. I when you when you were talking, I know it was I know it was brief, but when you talked about him, like I saw him. Like he was, it was so vivid. It was such, it's such a cool. It's just such a cool thought. I mean, he was a grave digger, and now that's just he's just there. And I and I, I don't know. It was just such a cool image, and there's picture in. It's like maybe tall, kind of lanky like scruffy guy and he and he's just and he's so happy and he's like joyful but he has probably the most unpleasant job someone can think of that's why they call it the graveyard shift and it's i just love that image now when you brought up the father that killed his family yes. and it's 
I know that this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say it because I feel like if you do something like that, it's in you. That's it's not the first time you'll have probably threatened that or done something to maybe allude to that might be something you're capable of. And it reminds me because he because he is perpetually bringing one of them flowers. And it reminds me of there's a there's a poem and it's called I Got Flowers Today and it's by Paulette Kelly and it's actually a poem honoring domestic violence survivors. And it's a beautiful poem. And I'm not going to read it here because I don't want to get choked up and stuff like that. But um, Google it. And it's I Got Flowers Today by Paulette Kelly. And it's a great poem. And honestly, it's the first thing I thought of when you started talking about him. So um, definitely going to that out yeah i want to now see the cemetery more and can i just and i may even have missed one there's mississippi missouri and michigan they all start with mi so i get i get the i understand the mistake because yeah i probably would have thought it was mi too so yeah no that's yeah same thing because i as i'm reading it i'm like yeah wait a minute what is mi and then it's like missouri's mo so yes that i can definitely see why there would be confusion there definitely um for all just to be transparent the story of hal and killing his family is disputed by some in the area saying that no family like that that never happened um but then there's others that that uh, say it definitely did. But I just wanted to be transparent on on that story there. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Werewolf. I love that. I only found that in two sources, but that I was like, oh, I gotta I gotta talk about that because that's really cool. A werewolf and it's cemented and chained up. So definitely, I definitely want to go go here now so bad i want to go to the cemetery at night yep and Same. maybe get chased by that uh red ghost light out of the place so that that one was kind of creepy too just that it shoots up in the air and then it chases you like that's kind of creepy hold on let me let me get a couple let me get a couple things straight i need to understand something a little better about tom so everybody give me a moment um so you want to go into this cemetery at night that might have a werewolf, a werewolf, <laughs> and well, you would not <laughs> accompany me in walking up to a twenty-foot bigfoot. Should one exist? I'm just saying. Well, in my defense, um, I don't think he gets out the werewolf because he is cemented and chained, and um, and I just wouldn't go on a full moon night. Because those are the nights that you you kind of, <laughs> but no, that's a good point. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't think he gets out. The cement and the chain keeps them down there. So <laughs> that's funny. Oh. All right. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about on this haunting? No, it was just, it was awesome. I liked it. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one. Even the drama of the existent, it just added to the story for me. That it just, this place, even its existence is disputed by a lot of people. So, um, but yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with it. All right, well, I believe you got the strange encounter. 
Time for the strange encounter. I do. I'm gonna. I'm really excited about this, and I. I want to start my strange encounter by actually saying a quick thank you to Eric, who is my fiance and who does all of like our social media stuff because Tom and I don't like to do that. He's great at it. So, uh, but he has the last couple weeks have had some stuff going on. So he's actually been helping with some of the research or whatever. And he handpicked this one for me and I am very pleased because it is fantastic. So thank you, Eric. Nice. Uh, this is called the Pascagoula Abduction. So I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. I looked up how to say it, and that's how it said. So if it's wrong, it's not my fault. <laughs> um, now, this play took place in 1973, and it was a sighting and abduction. Now, uh, Calvin Parker was 19 years old, and Charles Hickson was 42 years old at the time that this occurred. Um, they were fishing off a pier on the west bank of Pascagoula River in Mississippi. They heard uh, like a whirring or a buzzing sound, and they saw two flashing blue lights and observed an oval-shaped object 30 to 40 feet across and 8 to 10 feet high. They claimed to be conscious but paralyzed, while three creatures with robotic slit mouths and crab pinchers examined them so crab pinchers for hands and robotic slit for the mouth now calvin parker the 19 year old was eventually uh this year actually in february interviewed so in february of 2023 he was interviewed for the sun herald and this is the quote i'm going to read this for you verbatim to the best of my knowledge um it says quote these blue hazy lights were reflecting behind, so that's about the time I stood up to see what's behind me. What really was back there? It was three bulky looking creatures. I felt a shot immediately or something in my arm, and it just calmed me. It was like a calming agent. Uh, the thing carried me to the stairs of the craft. She took her right hand and her two middle fingers, and she started running them down my throat while I got to choking and I was having a hard time breathing, she took out and just kind of stood there and looked at me. She didn't say anything, but mentally, I felt like she said, we're not going to harm you. So he believed that this thing might have been communicating with him telepathically, which super cool. I'm so intrigued by this. Yeah. Now, right? Um, Calvin Parker would eventually... Uh, release a book called Pascagoula, The Closest Encounter, My Story, Calvin Parker. Um, Charles Hickson earlier put out a book um, called UFO Contact at Pascagoula. And now after the event happened, uh, the men rushed to the police station. Because what else are you going to do? You don't know what to do. Something really weird just happened to you. You kind of got kidnapped and drugged, maybe. So obviously you're going you're gonna to go. Um, when they entered the police station, they were frantic, and they both had a puncture wound on one of their arms, which explains the injection and then the compound. So uh, the police tried to catch them in a lie by secretly recording them when they left the interrogation room to see if they would hold up their stories while in there. They held them up, and they continued to talk about it and be scared by it. Um, and then eventually they would actually go on to both pass polygraph tests 
I know those are maybe wishy-washy, not everyone. They're skeptical, but they both passed one, so I think that does say something as to the validity or possible validity of this case. Now, after the event, Hickson would tell anybody who would listen. He talked to everybody, was interviewed by everybody who would interview him, including Johnny Carson. Now, Parker, the 19-year-old, left home. He went into hiding. He uh, he didn't put that book out until 2018, for the record. So he went into hiding, and he you know found work where he could. And if someone from the job recognized him, he would up and leave. He would up and leave, and go away again. Now, in 2019, I believe uh, a historical marker was erected, and Parker attended the ceremony. And although uh, Hickson passed away in 2011, so he could not attend. Uh, after the historical marker was built where the event took place, other witnesses came forward, one of them named uh, Maria Blair, and she was quoted in saying, the story is very true. That's what bothered me for 45 years. It's been on my mind for 45 years. So that, that's what I have for that. But it's that story just grabbed me so much when he started talking about it. it it's insane. Yeah, I love it. Um you know, this kid going into hiding, for me, that's, I mean, that adds an air of validity, because most of the time when you hear these things, it's people wanting to get famous from it. This guy clearly didn't want to talk, talk about it. I mean, he's leaving jobs. We know how it is with jobs. I mean, you got a job. It's hard to leave a job unless you have another one lined up. I mean, that's, you got to live. So that right there, um, you know, gives it a bunch of validity for me. I love the description because it's different from a lot of alien descriptions. You know, we usually get the standard with the, what we kind of call grays now with the bulbous head, the big black eyes, the gray skin, three to four feet tall. You know, that's your sort of, so this, you know, the robotic slit mouth and then the crab pinchers. And that just makes a lot, of, I've been, uh, I read, I do a lot of, I, I go into these deep dives. I have really weird interests and stuff. And I'll go on deep dives on my phone and, and stuff. And um, crabs are the one creature that through all the different extent, extinction events come back almost identical. Their body doesn't evolve too much. And we're not 100% sure why that they always come back looking pretty similar. It might be different in size. There might be a few differences over, you know, these millions and hundreds of millions of years, but they don't change much where everything else does evolve. I mean, humans to, you know, every other creature, you know, from its original start point to, you know, the time that's extinct, it, it's completely different, but crabs aren't. So I kind of just, it made me think of that, be, that like aliens, these evolved creatures and everything. Well, crabs have made it through all these extinction events. And whenever we pick, if something can communicate telepathically and get to our, our planet, they have knowledge and technology well beyond our own. So, but having a crab pinch, I thought that was just kind of very interesting and kind of made sense. Uh, it, it just, as far as, you know, how we view things down here. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I love this. Uh, the telepathic communication, that's a pretty, pretty common one that happens throughout a lot of, of the um, encounters and stuff is that these creatures or even the men in black uh, a lot of times are uh, communicating telepathically. Really like that. The polygraph. And I know it depends who you talk to. Some people, some some scientists and people and experts claim that polygraphs are actually very, very accurate, very, you know, and hard to fake where others are like, oh, they're, it's easy to get around them. So it's tough. But for me that they they both passed it sound, sounding with no issues, just a, another air of validity. And then finally, the puncture wins. Yep. that are, are you know others that see it's not just these the two saying that they got you know felt something a prick in their arm or whatever and then whatever the people have seen the puncture wounds they've been documented so no that, that was a great one that was that was that was one of my more favorite i think we've ever done on um so one more thing about um calvin parker's book is uh, it was self-published, and he did not want it edited. He did not want it altered in any way. He wanted it to be. He wanted it to read the way he talks, because he felt that too often um, things are misconstrued when they're edited, and then he wanted to be sure that people understood what he saw, how he saw it, the way he saw it. I like it. That's really cool too. I love that. That's it reminds me of something I used to do when I was teaching back in the day with my students. Because you you know, you teach and you know, I, I was an English teacher, so you teach them how to write really good papers, you know, with citations and footnote and all that good stuff and proper, you know, the grammar and how to structure it and everything. But every, you know, couple months I would love I would throw in uh, activity where I would just have kids write in their own voice and write it as if they were speaking just to hear it and just to and show it. So I, I love that he, he, he did that. It just, cause I love reading stuff like that. It gives for me when I'm reading something like that. Yeah. It's great to read a technical paper that's full of facts and well formatted and great margins, but there's something to be said for reading something in somebody's voice and in like with, with whatever mistakes they're saying as they speak, it just, for me, it, it, it sucks me in more. It just, it, it gives it a more visceral, real feel. So that's really cool that he did that. I like that. Very good choice. Good, good. Awesome. Well, um, let me think here. Do we, is there anything else we want to discuss today? So the only other thing that I want to mention, because because I am going to be putting a picture of them on face on our Facebook page. Well, I lied. Eric's going to be putting a picture of them on our Facebook <laughs> page because I won't. Um, but um, the little figures that you're going to see that are going to populate on the Facebook page right around the time that this episode airs, they're actually called furry bones, and you can find them at furrybonesusa.com. You can also find them on other things. So if you like what you see, we will also link it on the page. But it, they're furry bones, and they're fantastic, and there's so many of them. There's I, I will post. I have, like, five or six of them. Um, they're hysterical, and they have they, – I think they just literally came out with a hot dog one, and that just makes me weirdly happy. So, um, but, yeah, I, I did want to mention <laughs> that because we, we will be putting a picture up. So, 
Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. All right. Well, all right, folks. Well, thanks for joining us. And be sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in Missouri. So until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. Bye. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to ScareYourPantsOff9 at Gmail. See you next time.